Welcome, welcome this morning. Uh, let's invite our speaker for today. Lord Jesus, today is a difficult subject and we're, we're, we're not able to really grapple how it immediately affects and, um, and speaks into our life. So I am depending very heavily on your spirit to touch your people here this morning and to, and to uh, help us to know what we must know so that we feel correctly. And as we talk about what Christ has done for Jews and Gentiles, Father, may we understand the power of Christ to heal relationships and to make people reconciled again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we are in part six and we're doing really well with Ephesians and uh, one of my favorite books it is, read it over and over again. And we're in chapter two, verses 11 through to 22. So that's a lot to cover. Uh, so I'm hoping to do as much as I can here in this message today. So we're in Ephesians chapter two and verse 11. If you have a Bible, that's where you want to be turned to. We have covered the will of God for our lives which is to be to the praise of his glorious grace that we are, a, we, are, we are on display to show the grace of God, not our greatness, but his grace. And in the ages, of, ages to come as well, we will be, we will continue to be the studs in God's crown. That was chapter one. We also noted the riches of a believer and we talked about what all the believer has been packed in, packed with, chapter 1. All the rights that the believer has in Christ. We covered how God raised Christ from the dead. Chapter 2 talked about, chapter 1 talked about Christ's resurrection. Chapter 2 then talked about your resurrection and my resurrection in Christ. I've been trying to clarify the difference, the distinction between uh, our position in Christ and our performance through Christ, out of Christ, so that we understand that it is not our performance on a daily basis that yields intimacy with God. It is our intimacy with God that yields performance. So we covered how Christ raised from the dead and in him is raising us from the deadness of our sinful nature and our sinful actions. So we talked about how Romans, uh, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, you were created in Christ Jesus for good works that God has prepared in advance for you to do. So we went from evil works, the gratification of our flesh, the craving, the appetites and the addictions. We've gone from that and God has raised us to purposes and works of righteousness which God has prepared for us in advance to do. Before we followed the flesh, now we follow the Spirit of God. So as we continue into chapter 2 and finish up chapter 2, we will now explore how Christ makes us one in Him. Because the work of Christ is manifold. The work of Christ is not only in your life. The work of Christ is also in the church. In fact, now in chapter 2 and chapter 3, He's going to turn His attention to the church. He first focuses attention on Christ. Then he focuses attention on you and me, how we are raised in Christ. And now he's going to focus his, uh, his, his attention on the church, the mystery, 
the, 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 the plan that God has always had to have a people of his own where he would dwell within us. So how is he doing that? And you need to rise above the fact that your salvation and your sanctification is not about you. It's not only for and about you. It is about what God is doing in the whole church. And you are a very significant part of that. Your family is a very significant part of that. So we will now explore how Christ makes us one. Having been reconciled to God, he will demonstrate how, how Christ reconciles us to each other and makes us one in Christ. And this will continue as a theme through Ephesians because everything that we are doing, Christ is in between us. You and me, Christ is between us. Between us and others, Christ is between us. Between us and Satan, Christ is between us. Between us and our problems and challenges, Christ is between us. So Christ takes a center stage. Christ takes the central place of our life and we govern our lives around that. Paul's, Paul now turns his attention to Gentiles. Gentiles. In fact, Gentiles comes from the word other people. Other people. So there were two sets of people, Jews and Gentiles. The Jews were the people that all came out of Abraham's loins. Abraham was a chosen man. He was chosen to serve God, follow God, build a city whose foundations are God himself. And out of him would come a nation that will eventually bring forth a seed who is Jesus, who will save the people from their sin. But in all of that, human pride brought about a distinction between Jews and everybody else, where the Jews being God's people were the sole proprietors of the purposes of God, the names of God, the will of God, the promises of God. So there was the Jews and everybody else was excluded excluded that's what we talked about in chapter one how they have been now included so they were excluded from it and now Jesus in himself is going to bring these two peoples together and make them one sitting today this may not draw too much significance on your life you may not be able to grasp the significance of what God has accomplished in bringing Jew and Gentile together. But if you were to fly through a drone with me into the temple of God uh, back 6,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, where you would see the people thronging outside the temple. And then you would have the Jews in the inner courts and then the priests in the innermost uh, courts and as people move forward it was only the Jews who could get past a certain point and the nations the nations stood outside never a hope of ever seeing the holiest of holies never a hope of knowing what it's like that their sins are forgiven and their sacrifices are accepted they would from afar they would from outside look in on the work of God the people of God and the purposes of God but the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom. And God is going to do a powerful work in bringing them close when they were afar off. And that's what we're going to study here this morning. Verse 11, chapter 2. Therefore, remember that formerly before, you who were Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time, you were separate from Christ excluded from the citizenship in Israel, foreigners to the covenant of promise, without hope, without God in this world. But let's go over that again. This is how Gentiles were perceived. 
They were uncircumcised, uncircumcised in terms of physical signage, physical symbolism. They were separate from Christ. They were excluded from the citizenship of Israel. They were foreigners to the covenant promises and they were without hope and without God in this world. They came longing, they came longing and they had to come to the temple uh, along with everybody else, every other nation. But, circle but, circle but, whenever you see a but in the Bible, it is a major transition because God just came into the picture. God just entered in. That's what happens when God comes in. But now, but now in Christ, you who were once, once upon a time, that gives you a time frame that tells you that there was, there was a time when you were far, now you are near. It's actual, it's measurable. But now in Christ, you who were once far away have been brought near. Circle far, circle near. Circle far, circle near. Because God is about proximity. God is about being with you. God is about being close to you. God understands that relationships are only uh, precious when they are close. Brought near by the blood of Christ. Note that as well. By the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, he says. So this is where the mighty work of the Lord Jesus in the atoning work of uh, shedding his blood on the cross brings about the oneness and the unification of two separate peoples. They were known as God's people, the Jews, and others were known as other peoples, the Gentiles. And God is going to take both of them and enter only through Christ. When you and I have to go through the same door, we become equal. When you and I have to go through the same door, we are both equal. We are both same. And Christ has become that door through which both Gentiles and Jews come through. Nobody has a preference. Nobody has a better shot at it. Nobody gets in earlier to heaven. God has made all one in him. But the issue, the doctrine of grafting in, grafting in is something that God has had in his heart for a very long time. Let me go back to the theology of adoption. You are not his children, but he has adopted you as his sons. Adoption doesn't only mean that he pays for your clothes and pays for your fees. Adoption means that he brings you into his home and everything that is in his home becomes yours. You carry his name and you take his business forward. You carry his name and you take his business forward. That's what sonship means. So sonship is a God idea. God thought of adoption before anybody else did. Now we're talking about grafting. Grafting is when a vine is growing and God takes another plant from somewhere else and joins it with this plant so that it takes its life out of the same source that the original plant takes it. And as it grows, it bears the same fruit that the original plant bears. That's called grafting. That's called grafting. And God has grafted Gentiles into the covenant promises of God. So whereas his promises were given to Abraham and all who are the, 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 the descendants of Abraham, God has taken now Jesus and grafted Abraham and his descendants into Christ and grafted us into Christ and we have become one into the covenant people to Christ through his atoning work through the blood of the Lord Jesus. He says, he is our peace. Verse 14, for he is our peace. He himself is our peace who has made the two groups one. Please read with me. 
and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, verse 15, by setting aside in his flesh, by setting aside in his flesh the law and its commands and regulations. So I could come to God by the law. I could come to the law, come to God by the law. Was anybody able to do that ever? No. So God has taken the law and taken regulations and set us aside and he has set Jesus in place. Can anybody come to Christ? Can anybody come to God through Christ? Everybody. 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 Through the law, nobody. Through Christ, everybody. Why? Because Christ fulfills the law. Christ comes, Christ fulfills the law, and in Christ, we are all grafted in. We are all grafted in. So this is what he does. Look at verse 15. By setting aside in the flesh the law with its commands and regulations, his purpose, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of two, thus making peace. One new humanity out of two. How does God reconcile two people? How does God reconcile a marriage? How does God reconcile two enemies? He takes both and he doesn't make them agree with each other. He takes both and makes both agree with him. And when both agree with him, when both come to him, when both are reconciled to him, they become reconciled to each other. So it is in Christ that they become reconciled. Otherwise, we'd be sitting around tables discussing and discussing and discussing and negotiating and deliberating, deliberating, which is also deliberating. That's what Christ does. So he gets you right with him. So he brought the Jews and he brought the Gentiles. You were once far off are brought near. So verse 14, he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, destroyed the barrier. He's taken the dividing wall, anything that divides, culture divides, perspective divides, education divides, anything that divides, he's taken that out and he's made us one by coming in between and being the wall, being the wall, the wall of peace. So he set aside the rules, set aside the, the regulations, he set aside the rules of our life and he has, of, of God, uh, God's law and he has made us one. His purpose was to create himself one new humanity. What's the big deal? So what? How does that affect a five-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 25-year-old? Reconciling both Jews and Gentiles to God through the cross. He came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Look at that. It says here, for through, verse 18, for through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. How does it affect you today? How does it affect your relationships? Through him, the through him concept. So you have with Christ, you have in Christ, and now you have through Christ. How are you going to set your... Uh, your marriage right through Christ how are you going to fix your relationships with your father with your mother with your brother who you haven't spoken to for a long time with people who you have broken uh, faith with how are you going to fix things with them through Christ through Christ he has become the door through which you come for through him we have access to the father by one spirit God is involved the spirit of God is involved and Jesus son of God is involved when God is one, 
When God is one, God the Father, God the Spirit, God the Son, when God is one, how can you be two? How can you be divided? How can a marriage be divided? How can a family be divided? How can anyone here be divided when God is one? When you come to God who is one, you also become one. So he has brought, brought about the unity not by negotiation, but by involvement, by inclusion, by uh, drawing you near to him. So what happens to Gentiles when they come from far to near? What happens when Gentiles are grafted in? Let's look at it. In the last few minutes, let's look at it. Consequently, he says in verse 19, consequently, as a consequence to this, you are now, you are no longer foreigners, you are no longer strangers. You're still strange, yeah, but you're not strangers. You're not strangers. You are no longer foreigners. That means when you come into the Holy Land, you're a citizen. When you come into the temple, you are a child of God. You're the people of God. When you come into the temple, you are acceptable. You are acceptable. There is no other people. There is only one people. God has made us a new humanity, a new people in Christ. So you are no longer foreigners. You are no longer strangers. But you are now fellow citizens with God's people. Fellow citizens with God's people. Members of... Uh, let, do you remember how ticked off the Pharisees got? Do you remember how the people kept grumbling around when Jesus was telling these stories? The reason they were grumbling, the reason why they did not like the, the, the story of the prodigal son, which is actually the story of the very jealous brother, is because we have been God's people. We have followed the law. We have done everything right. And now you are going and taking others and bringing them. They have not followed you. They have been far. They have lived as they pleased. They have worshipped idols. They have uh, violated your laws. And you're bringing them in, grafting them in. And you're making them fellow citizens with us. We don't like it. We don't like it. You're giving them a a, 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 an equal plane with us. <coughs> we don't like it. We don't like it. So when the church... When the church becomes a place where there's one holy people greater than everybody else, we're doing the same Jew-Gentile thing. God wanted that the older brother be happy that the younger brother who was lost is now found and comes in because we are all family. We're all family. So I don't know which category you fall into this morning. I don't know how you see yourself. Do you see yourself as the one who was born and bred people of God? Do you see yourself as the one who grew up in the church and you, you never backslid, you never did anything wrong in your life, so wrong that anybody should point a finger at you? Do you struggle with the thought of others coming in and sharing ministry with you? People who have had their hands dirty, their hearts dirty and their minds dirty. People who have been... Uh, have been brought to Christ by repentance because of the kindness of God. Do you share the heart of God in wanting Jews and Gentiles to be one? So you're sitting here, you don't know the difference between Jews and Gentiles. You don't know how the whole thing figures, but you do know, you do know what it's like when you've been right and others who are wrong are brought on the same platform with you. You are no longer foreigners, you are no longer strangers, but fellow citizens with God, members of his household. Members of the same family. So not Jew, not Gentile, but Christ. Not Jew, not Gentile, but Christ. Built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets. 
with Jesus as the cornerstone. Here is the new humanity, the new temple, the new people, the cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together. In him, he rises, it rises to become a holy temple of the Lord. So what is the result of this unification? Bringing Jew and Gentile together, bringing everybody onto the same platform, making Christ the one who unifies them. What is the outcome of this? Answer, worship. Worship. We become a temple. Last week we talked about service. We talked about ministry. Today we're talking about worship. Because when Christ goes to work in your life, there will be a rectification of why you were created. You used to serve your, 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 your flesh. You used to serve the world. You used to serve the spirit that works in the disobedience of man. Today you serve the purposes of God and you serve God. Over here, we are together now united the worship of God. We are a worship a place of God. We too are being built up together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. What has God wanted all along? To be with us, to live with us, to empower us, to feed us, to guide us, to encourage us and to uh, give us his peace. Why don't we have it? Why don't we enjoy his presence? Because of his, because of our sinfulness that divides us. And the more we are divided, the less we will worship God. The more we are divided, the less God will be amidst us. So God brings us together and he makes us a people. Paul will make this the basis for his call to the Gentiles. That's why he says, that's why, that's why I am going out to the Gentiles as an apostle to the Gentiles to bring them in because what God is doing is bringing Gentiles in to uh, his people. I have become a servant of this gospel by the gift, gift of God's grace. Let me close with this. Paul is going to talk about the mystery, the mystery all along that God has had to make us one. This mystery has become his ministry. This mystery has become his ministry. And I'm peeping into the next, uh, next message. That through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together with one body, sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. Paul is excited to go out into the Gentile world and to tell them that they are welcome home. Paul is excited to go out to the Gentile world and feel the burden and the call. I'm an apostle to the Gentiles. I'm going to go out there and tell them, hey, you're included as well. Come join the family. That's the call on your life and mine as well. You and I are no different. You and I should feel the same call that Paul feels. You don't need to drop to your knees on the Damascus road and hear from Jesus himself. He has spoken to you from the, from the cross. He has spoken to you from the cross. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We are to go out as well and tell people, you're included. You are just as much as part of the family as us. God wants you home. You are members of our household. With every head bowed and every eye closed, ask God to convict you. Ask God to convict you of anything in your life that might, that might set you apart from anyone else. Superiority self-righteousness, anything like that is detrimental to the worship of God. It brings division. How can you be two when God is one? How can you be divided when God is aligned? May the Lord bless you. And if it's his will, we will see you soon. God bless. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Jeremy Dawson. And if you liked what you just saw, if it was a blessing, then hit the subscribe button. Come on, you can do it. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, hit the bell so that we know you want to hear from us. Lots of videos coming your way. Songs, worship, encouragement. Come on, subscribe. Let's take this forward and share with somebody you might know. Write a comment in the section below. But let's see you guys again. Come on, subscribe.